Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it takes two people to run a concert. One backstage and one out front. Two. One man alone cannot do this. Welcome to the Quick and Painless Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Carter, and that silence means that I am now by myself. If you tuned in last week, uh, you probably heard Dylan's solo podcast uh, where he called me out and said that I didn't have the mental capacity or fortitude to record an episode by myself. So here we are. What do you think now, Dylan, you jerk? So yeah, uh, doing this by myself this week, or at least today, this will be uh, part two uh, of what will probably be our three-part season finale. Uh, figure that now is probably the best time to do a season finale, considering the lack of wrestling and content that is out there. Um Sure, there's still stuff going on. I'm recording this on a Monday, so Raw has yet to air. And as it is, uh, Raw is scheduled to be a live show tonight rather than uh, taped. So wrestling is still going on, but uh, you know I'm not sure how much longer and, and how much more this content they can create uh, other than just vignettes and promos and, and things like that. And we'll get into all of that. But anyway, the point is that now is probably as good a time as ever to do our finale for our first inaugural season of the Quick and Painless Pro Wrestling Podcast. So thank you to everyone who made this a moderate success. Thank you for tuning in and uh, giving us a platform to just talk to one another uh, about wrestling, about everything that's going on, uh, and about random things. I mean, as we've kind of gone through, we, we of course talk about wrestling. That's what this is about. But we talk about movies. Uh, Dylan was pretty long-winded last week about Jaws and how excited he is about that. Surprised he didn't talk about the Beach Boys. That was something else that he was pretty giddy about last week. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of have a wide variety of things that we talk about on here. And uh, hopefully it's, it's not too uh, obnoxious or exhausting to listen to, but uh, we do have some listeners out there, and we appreciate you uh, you all tuning in. So thank you once again. Now going back the uh, beginning of this episode, I, I played a little clip. Um, so last week when Dylan was signing off his episode, he he misquoted my well not misquoted but he misquoted. Uh, I don't know. I'm just gonna keep saying that word. Why not misquoted? But anyway, it was a Wayne's World 2 quote. Uh, he asked if there were any questions, and I chimed in with uh, what Garth says at the end of that quote, and I'll play that right now. You will run the backstage team. Milton, you are the liaison between Wayne's backstage team and Garth's front stage team, which includes myself in the booth. To the left, 
And the right of the stage are the machine gun nests, Belt Fed M60 Brownings. Now these babies tend to heat up, so shoot in three second bursts. In the event of capture, I will personally distribute cyanide capsules to be placed under the tongue like so. Any questions? Uh, yeah, I have a question. When did you turn into a nut bar? So there it is. Yeah. Um, fun fact, when we were kids growing up, uh, I would say the Wayne's World films, I realized there was only two of them, but the Wayne's World films were probably uh, heavily quoted amongst our group of friends, myself, Dylan, um, Nick Butcher, shout out, John Hoskins, shout out, Garrett Patton, shout out, so on and so forth. Uh, also, if you haven't gathered so far, um, I'm pretty much just going to do movie quotes and random sound clips to give me enough time to, to, to call this an episode. Dylan somehow talked for 38 minutes in his smooth AM radio voice. Um, I don't know that I can do that. I don't know that I have enough patience for myself. Um, and I also think I'm too much of a uh, empathetic person for all of you to make you sit through 38 minutes of me talking about God knows what. Um, but then again, I don't know. Who knows? Speaking of AM radio, anytime, anytime I think of AM radio, I always think of Hot Rod, which is probably one of my top five favorite comedy movies of all time. Yeah, I said it. Um, but they, uh, <laughs> they covered his, his big stunt jump at the end of the movie over the AM radio instead of it being televised. So I always thought that was funny. Anyway, moving on. So <clears throat> this is a wrestling podcast, believe it or not. Um, we do talk about wrestling every once in a while. I think, um, you know, a lot of the things that we were going to talk about or that we want to talk about that's happened in the last couple of weeks, we're going to save for part three, uh, where Dylan and I will talk together, hopefully, pending I don't piss him off too much in this episode. Um, but specifically WrestleMania, I know that there were some matches he wanted to discuss, uh, as well as things that are going on in AEW, Impact, um, things like that. Uh, there's a lot of things I want to talk about with what's going on in AEW, but yeah, again, I'll make sure that Dylan's, um, you know, fired up for that one too. But I will say as far as breaking news, I don't know how breaking it is now, uh, me recording it on a Monday and two, Lord knows when this will air, um, air or be produced. I don't know. It's not like traditional radio. It's you get it. Um, but anyway, breaking news, the revival have been released from WWE. If you haven't seen that already, um, you know, obviously the revival have been pretty outspoken about their displeasure with how they've been treated in, in WWE and, um, not necessarily just their treatment because I think they've had uh, some success, but also just maybe the direction of their characters, um, and also maybe even the continuity of tag team wrestling. Uh, they've always been huge proponents for that being such a, a highly regarded division uh, in any company that they're with. And, you know, they've also been, I don't want to say really outspoken, but you can kind of detect that they um, appreciate kind of what the Young Bucks have done uh, with the tag team division in AEW. So uh, I don't know that it will be breaking news or that much of a shock if and when they show up in AEW, um, but they have already changed their names. They are now Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. I don't know if, I mean, obviously they can't be called The Revival anymore, but I know that they did 
file a trademark for Shatter Machine, which is the name of their finisher in WWE. So maybe that will transition over to the name of their uh, their tag team group will now be Shatter Machine instead of uh, instead of the Revival, or maybe something else completely. I don't completely different. I don't know, but either way, if you weren't aware that they are now no longer WWE wrestlers, now you do. So you're welcome. Um, like I said, wrestling podcast. So there you go. A little bit of wrestling for you. Um, the next thing, I mean, I do want to talk a little bit about WrestleMania. Um, I'm not going to talk match by match, uh, just probably some highlights here and there about some major, major matches that that have had a lot of people buzzing and, um, it's not necessarily a spoiler at this point, just based on how, how much they've been talked about on Twitter or what, whatever it is. Dylan even talked a little bit about these on his, um, episode last week. So you've heard his take on, on it, and I kind of want to give you my take also. In some cases, we agree, and in other cases, we don't. And I think in this case, uh, I want to talk about the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, I know he didn't like calling it a match. It was more of a segment. I agree with that. It really wasn't a match. I think there were probably some things that they could have done to, I don't know, maybe spice it up a little bit more and make it more of a competitive segment that could more resemble a match. Uh, but I was a fan of it all the, all the same, and, and I'll talk about that in a second. I guess I'll start with Strowman and Goldberg. I don't think uh, Dylan talked about that one. So, you know, he talked about uh, Drew McIntyre and Lesnar, uh, which was, I mean, kind of of the same variety as Strowman and Goldberg, just kind of the, the big-name matches that don't typically last a lot a long time. Uh, Goldberg matches aren't exactly the most, uh, I don't know, crisp. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're not, if you're looking for a technically sound, um, you know, psychological mat classic, you're probably not going to turn on a Goldberg match. Uh, no offense to him. That's just the way it is. But, uh, this one was of the of the Goldberg matches and how they go. I actually didn't mind this one, uh, knowing what to expect going in. Like, okay, he's probably going to deliver fourteen spears, and you know it's not going to mean anything, but that's going to be what it is. Knowing that that was going to be the case, um, I mean they did everything that they needed to do. Um, I feel bad for Strowman because you feel like when he finally reaches the mountaintop and he's able to hold a major belt. Oh, I'm sorry, a major title. Can't say belt in WWE. Um, that's something we'll, we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, but uh, once he's finally able to hold a major title, it's it's on such an anticlimactic platform or stage like WrestleMania was this year. It was just kind of like, one, two, three, and here's your winner, new champ. Oh, boy. Good for him. So that sucks. You know, hopefully when uh, a live audience is able to return and we're able to kind of celebrate things the way that we used to, uh, he'll get a little bit more of the pop that I feel that he deserves. I know he's kind of a villain amongst the wrestling community right now based on the things that he said about independent wrestlers. But uh, all the same, I think the dude worked really hard and it was it's cool to see him accomplish that. So, I mean... The match was what it was. I didn't think it was terrible given what they were up against. Um, but I'm, I'm happy for, for Strowman to, to have won. Uh, 
Um, the other one was the Boneyard match. So, yeah, this is kind of a tough one. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go shot for shot for exactly what happened, but basically, you know, the, the hearse rolls up and you think it's probably going to be The Undertaker or some kind of, you know, uh, mystical prop that he usually uses. I mean, you see the druids get out, so that's kind of synonymous with The Undertaker. And then they open the casket and it's AJ, and it's kind of AJ poking fun at The Undertaker because up to this point, he's just been trolling The Undertaker more or less about how he's he's not this mystical being, this, this you know, sci-fi entity. He's just, you know, mean Mark. <laughs> um so the fact that, you know, Undertaker rolls up in like the American Badass, like listening to Metallica, you know, like that's his entrance on the motorcycle. I liked that. I think a lot of people were like, oh, he's going to go back into the American Badass uh, gimmick. I mean, I think kind of, yes, he will. But I think this was really their way of being like, okay, AJ has reduced him from this, the dead man to just just another guy you know he's just an old man um who can't go like he did so this wasn't the undertaker as the undertaker this was the undertaker as who he is in real life as you know mark mark calloway i guess um and so i liked that aspect of it that it was just two dudes having a fight basically um how it was shot how it was produced um you know, the audio, the audio they added in uh, after the fact, how, how it was produced was just, I thought it was really good. Um, I know that people are kind of afraid that this is going to be the new normal, especially for uh, some of these older Hall of Fame uh, uh, wrestlers, you know, that now you can do Undertaker versus Sting if you do a match like this. Um, now you're going to see... Bray Wyatt versus Papa Shango, you know what I mean? Like, just, I think that's everyone's fear, but I think, and I hope that uh, the WWE sees what they have, because, I mean, let's face it, they are an entertainment company. Um, they are sports entertainment. Uh, earlier I said belt, and I said you can't say belt, that's one of the, the, the banned words, according to Vince. You can't, you can't say fans, you have to say WWE Universe. Um, and you also can't say professional wrestling. You have to say sports entertainment. So WWE never apologizes for who they are. They know who they are, and, and they, they proudly present that. They are a sports entertainment company. So where, you know, wrestling purists, um, independent wrestlers, or, or even some of the, the wrestling legends, um, they have wrestling that just kind of fits into a box for them that it should be this it should you know it should look like this it should sound like this it should smell like this it should taste like this that you know it is defined according to what i comprehend and wwe isn't that way it's this is sports entertainment we are going to present this package as entertainment however we see fit and with the boneyard match and eventually i'll get to the firefly funhouse with both of those that's exactly what they were, what they were, uh, and what they were intended for. The people that wanted that, I don't know, that that classic um, uh, Matt classic, I guess. I mean, for lack of a better term, um, 
between Undertaker and AJ Styles were probably disappointed, but um, at the same time, I mean, look at the last match Undertaker had. Yeah, it was against Goldberg, and you can probably put the blame on Goldberg, but even his match against Cena was just a highlight reel, you know? Uh, it was a big boot. It was a choke slam. You know, it, it, that was it. So I don't, I don't really know what more you were expecting. I mean, I think everybody would have been disappointed if they had an actual in-ring match. And, I mean, think about all of the moves that AJ does. Could he have actually been able to do any of those with The Undertaker? I mean, even the flying forearm kind of makes me nervous because, I mean, that's that's a... He connects with that. You know, that's not a show. <laughs> um, so, I think they did what they could with what they had, and it, I think it turned out great. Um, sure, it was a little predictable. I mean, I guess. I don't know, but... Um, I just, I don't think that they are going to overuse this or overexpose it. But if they do, what they could do, rather than putting it on a show like here's SummerSlam and now you've got a sold out crowd of people there to see live, live wrestling. Now they have to turn their attention to a TitanTron and watch this movie. That would be kind of a waste. I, I think people would be pretty disappointed with that. So instead of doing that, maybe you sell it as a separate event. So maybe you have this Friday night on the network or on USA, probably the network so they can you know make some money off of it. But it's going to be Undertaker versus Sting. Tune in. And it's its, its own show, so to speak. It's like a hour time slot, our movie that's produced. I mean... You know, they can shoot it over the course of <laughs> several weeks or even a month or shoot it over the course of a, a couple weeks and then produce it for a month. And then at that point, they just sell it through promos and, and live events and things like that. And then the culmination is this Friday on, you know, network exclusive Sting versus The Undertaker. So that way it's not part of a show and you're taking the fans out of it. It's its own show, and it, it and again, it, it brings interest back to the network. Um, and again, it doesn't even have to be the network. Maybe it's USA. Maybe Triple H or Vince is, are pissed that, you know, they're losing the ratings war with AEW, and they just throw, you know, something like that on Wednesday. You know, who knows? Just throwing ideas out there. But I think that's how they could use that... Um, that idea, that concept, um, I guess in the best way possible without overusing it, without overexposing it and kind of losing its luster. All in all, though, I liked the Boneyard match. Um, I can dig it. Pun intended. <clears throat> so, sorry, that was bad. Moving on to the Firefly Funhouse. So, yeah. I think Dylan was a little um, perturbed by this one. Because it wasn't a match. It was really just a segment. Um, and again, I agree um, that maybe there should have been a little bit more of a match. You know, maybe there should have been a struggle. But anyway, so how it all starts is Cena does his entrance and no one's there. And then you get like some disruption or whatever and you hear Vince. And then all of a sudden, it's Bray Wyatt inside the, the Firefly Funhouse, more or less inviting John uh, in. And then Cena shows up there, and 
he follows him in, into uh, the Firefly going through the door. But at the top of the door, it says, abandon all hope, ye who exit here. Um, it's kind of a play on words or, or you know, a little bit of, um, uh, I don't know, kind of a tongue-in-cheek reference to um, the Divine Comedy or Dante's Inferno. So when Dante is entering hell, essentially, on the outside of the entrance, it says, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. So in terms of psychology, I try to follow along with things like that. Like, what is the story that they're trying to tell here? And if we're likening this to Dante's Inferno, if you have a reference like that at the very beginning, then let's try to make sure, then, then maybe that's the story they're telling, right? So Dante's Inferno is, you know, the story of the nine circles of hell. Um, I don't know that you necessarily could look at this and say that he went through nine circles based on all of the different gimmick changes and, and things that happened. He went from the ruthless aggression era to doctor of thugonomics to, um, you know, an NWO, um, Cena, you know, uh, to, to who he is today. So, I mean, that's really only just four changes. But then you also had Bray Wyatt that went through some changes too. And again, I'm not trying to get to nine necessarily, but I'm just trying to to see that, you know, all of the different levels, so to speak, that you have to go through to get to the end and, and you know, really come out on the other side. Um, because I believe, I could be wrong, but in terms of Dante's Inferno or Divine Comedy, it was basically the idea was to cast out sin or, or, or reject sin to become closer to God. Um, so I think some of that, if we are likening it to that, um, if you want to say that The Fiend is kind of the end-all, beat-all, at least that's the story that Bray Wyatt's kind of um, spinning, then that could make sense, but also there could be more that's coming out of it. Um, most recently, Bray Wyatt challenged Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. Um, I see that a lot of people are upset about that. A lot of people want Bray Wyatt completely out of that title scene. Um, this could be just more from that story with Cena. Um, you know, Vince could actually just want a big payoff in front of a live crowd. He's probably dissatisfied with just having to do something like that with the Firefly Funhouse segment. So this could be a bit of a swerve. There could be something where it is the Fiend versus Strowman and Cena gets involved or either for or against the Fiend, but it could be basically just more coming out of that storyline that's being told. Um, pretty funny, some of the things that they had in there. You know, obviously, Cena kind of stuck in that ruthless aggression promo saying ruthless aggression repeatedly trying to slap him. Um, and then... Um, Bray Wyatt saying, you can look, but you can't touch. Kind of a poking fun at, obviously, his relationship with Nikki Bella. So, again, um, and then, you know, the Nine Circles of Hell, there was basically different levels based on um, the deadly sins, lust being one of them. So that could be a play on that as well. I could be reaching, but, I mean, listen, if the reference is there, I'm not going to say it was a mistake. Um, so, uh, but anyway, uh, overall, I liked it. Um, I think there probably could have been more of a struggle. Maybe there could have been a bit of a match. You know, there wasn't necessarily a face fire or a comeback. It was pretty much just all heel heat. So 
Um, if there was anything that you could change about it, maybe it's maybe it's add some things or, or change some things as far as that goes. But again, this could just be an ongoing story. Maybe this is only the beginning. You know, they, maybe this is the heel heat and there's going to be a comeback where you have everybody wanting John to break out of it and he doesn't, you know, um, whatever. I think there's more to be seen. So let's just kind of stay tuned as far as that goes. Um, I think, wow, so kind of talked pretty fast. I mean, I'm at 25 minutes, I think, right now, and I don't even know what else to talk about. Man, Dylan, how'd you go 38 minutes? I guess you talked about the Jaws franchise. Um, I could talk about all kinds of different franchisees, um, but I'm not going to do that. I will say, though, I'm recording this on April 13th, which is the 23-year anniversary of ECW's first pay-per-view, Barely Legal. Um, which was awesome. I was, I don't want to say it's the first pay-per-view I saw of ECW. It was a little bit later on. I was kind of a late, late to adopt. Um, I remember when ECW was, uh, it was televised. I remember I was watching WCW and WWF pretty, pretty regularly, just going back and forth. TNT was channel 30 for me and uh, USA was channel 31. So it was super easy to just go back and forth. And this is obviously back before digital cable. So you didn't have any kind of delay when you changed the channel. So it was super quick to just go back and forth all the time. But I didn't have anything else, you know, other than tape trading, that was it. And I remember asking one neighbor of mine who was like, oh, do you watch ECW? I was like, no, what time's it on? He's like, oh, it's like Friday morning at 2 a.m. And I was like, well, that's never going to happen. Of course, he was lying. Um, It was definitely not at that time. Eventually, I found it, and ECW ended up being my preferred promotion to watch. Um, But Barely Legal, man, that was an awesome pay-per-view. I mean, you want to talk about, like, having a good first pay-per-view? I mean, who can say all in or all out um, or full gear were, were great first pay-per-views for AEW, and they definitely were. Um, but man, Barely Legal was was a great pay-per-view. So yeah, I mean, let's just look at the card. I mean, just set up from a high level. I mean, it was the biggest grudge match ever with Taz and, uh, and Sabu. Um, I always loved Taz just because I'm not an enormously tall human being, and obviously Taz wasn't either. Um, completely different style between he and I. I was a little bit more of a high flyer, and he was exactly not that. Um, but I loved every Tazplex he ever did. I mean, that was coming up, you know, whether it was Dylan or Nick that wanted to throw like a German or like a, a head and arm or a head and leg. I was definitely the one taking it, or just a, a quick Saito. Um, if, I could, if I could make it to where I was landing high on my head or neck, I was into it. So, um, so seeing Taz kill people like that, that was always awesome. So Taz and Sabu was was an incredible match. Loved watching that. Um, Terry Funk versus Sandman versus Stevie Richards with uh, Terry Funk going over and then facing Raven for the ECW World Heavyweight title. That was just that whole atmosphere with the fans just so passionately behind Terry Funk. Um, I mean, even the fans into the Blue World Order, you know, just simple, stupid things like that. I mean, what really sold ECW for me back in the day was the passion of the fans, Um, you know. And so when you saw how invested and how interested the fans were, you just wanted to be involved in it. I mean, and truly, um, it's absolutely true that that's really what kind of 
put it over the edge for all of us to get trained and get involved. Uh, my goal was to be an ECW wrestler. Um, thank God I got to wrestle in the arena. That was that was a dream come true. But fortunately, it wasn't for ECW. But it wasn't meant to be, and that's okay. Um, let's see. The Dudleys versus the Eliminators. Dude, that was another um, underrated tag team, the Eliminators. Uh, Perry Saturn. Man, he was he was an underrated dude. I think I don't think he gets enough attention, probably because of where he is today or where his career went. But um, and he was he was kind of the underrated guy of the Radicals. The Radicals being, you know, Malenko, Benoit, um, Perry Saturn. Um, am I forgetting? Jericho wasn't a part of the Radicals. Who am I forgetting? Lance Storm. Is there anyone else? Oh, see, this is why I need Dylan. Damn it, Dylan, where are you? Dylan being an essential worker, manufacturing things for people. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's not ridiculous. We thank you for your service, but, you know, can't you, like, work and podcast at the same time? What the F? Um, anyway, there were some other matches on Barely Legal. I'm not going to get into them. If you are interested, then go on uh, WWE Network, $9.99 a month. There you go. There's my promo, WWE. You're welcome. I expect my royalty check in the mail tomorrow. Or, well, I guess whenever you can listen to this. I'm hoping that this is produced tonight. Or released. What's the right word there? Produced? Record? I'm recording now. Released? I don't know. Write in. Let me know what you think the right word is supposed to be. Speaking of writing in, before I re- uh, started recording, I posted on Twitter and said, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm recording. Anyone got any questions, let me know. And, uh... Of course, Dylan's too cool for school, so he didn't say anything. So, so much for that. We had a nice little feud going for literally two episodes, so that didn't work. God. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, so speaking of Dylan being an essential worker, um, as he mentioned on his episode last week, I was away on business. I was unable to record. Um, I wouldn't say completely unable. Uh, I just didn't have my microphone with me, so the audio on my part would have been subpar. Not that it's ever great, but hey, uh, at least I have a microphone, so shut up. Anyway, so what I do, um, I am, I guess you could say I'm essential, at least some people that I work with think I am, at least enough to make me go to work, so I guess I can't be too upset. But anyway, I work in the sports nutrition industry, been in it for about 15 years now. Um, I did it simultaneously while I wrestled and then this part of my life kind of took off and um, started gaining some success so I was able to step away from wrestling. I never um, I never subscribe to the belief that um, once you get a, another job or whatever and you step away from wrestling, you say, oh, I got a real job. I always hated when people would say that. Um, even when I worked retail and like if I was working retail with someone who was in college or whatever, and they were like, they went to college for, I don't know, doesn't matter. They went to college for something else, and they got a job in the field that they studied. And then I say, oh, you know, what have you been up to? Oh, I got a real job. Like, I just, so insulting, because I think that anybody that's just doing what they need to do to pay their bills and live their life, and or doing what they love to do, I mean, maybe retail's what someone loves, or maybe... Um, you know, manufacturing is what someone loves. Maybe what I do is what, what, what I love. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. What, what, what I'm into or what they're into is, is all that matters. And if they're happy, then great. Um, but there's no reason why anything should be classified as a real job versus 
not a real job. I think I always hate it when people do that, especially when they're referring to like stepping away from wrestling. I think that's kind of short-sighted and ridiculous. So I don't say that. Uh, it's just I stopped wrestling because I was doing well enough on this side. Um, so I didn't need to put myself at risk. Um, plus, as we've talked about, hey, I have a baby on the way. Um, the wife wasn't always super pumped about me hurting myself out there. And now I would uh, I would think it's probably especially important that I don't do that. So, uh, But I will say... Quite often, I think about comebacks. Uh, I was driving to and from North Carolina this past week, and on my way back, um, I had a really good promo and really good uh, storyline, at least in my head. Probably once I said it out loud, everyone would be like, that's dumb. But at the time, hey, I, um, I had some, some pretty good ideas, So, and some of which involved the uh, highly overproduced uh, movie-type matches that Dylan loves so much. And you never know, we might actually end up doing it because then it is a, a little bit less of a risk. So stay tuned as far as that goes. Uh, but no, I, that probably won't happen. Either way, I have ideas. They just don't necessarily <laughs> go anywhere. Uh, but that's okay. This is, this is safer. So with all that being said, um, you know, I think I'm probably coming up on, on time here. I will, will let everybody go um, go and watch Raw or, depending on when this is being, here we go again, released. Maybe watch Dynamite. I don't know. Um, or SummerSlam. Good Lord, that would be terrible. Um, but yeah, no, thank you everybody for stopping by. Thanks for giving Part 2 a chance. And later this week... Uh, Dylan will join me once again, and we will release part three of our season finale of our uh, Quick and Painless Pro Wrestling Podcast, and we'll probably have our usual traditional format back with the best there is, best there was, and best there ever will be best thing of the week, as well as our he's going to puke worst thing of the week, and probably some more talks about Jaws and uh, Buddy Holly and Boston and God knows what else Dylan's talking about. Some new Disney movie that I don't know anything about that I'll probably have to learn about in the coming months. Um, you know, all the, all the stuff the kids are doing nowadays. But thank you again, everybody, and we will talk to you soon. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, I'm usually so much better about this, but um, yeah, no, interact with us on Twitter or um, Instagram or our website at quickpainpod or quickpainpod.com. Also, our usual uh, normal episodes are on wrestlingheadlines.com, so you can check that out too. So thanks again. Bye.